0: Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome everybody to Vital Point Church. My name is Ron and I'm the lead pastor here at Vital Point Church. And we want you to know that we are passionate about following Jesus. We really want to point you to Jesus because we believe that he is vital to your life. And my hope and prayer today is that you will know him better and learn what does it mean to follow him. Now, I want you to know that today is brought to you by the goodness of... Fruit Roll-Ups, because today is Fruit Roll-Up Sunday. Yeah, I know some of you are like, what just happened? Especially if you're new to Vital Point Church. Well, I want you to know that we've been in this long series of talking about what does it mean to win at life as it's connected to the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter five. Let me read these two verses for you. Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. So today is Fruit Roll Up Sunday, and we are talking about all these things coming together and the significance of what it means for us today. Now, if I were to ask you a question, if we were to take a poll and ask, what is winning at life mean to you? Many of us would come at this answer from uh, defining it from a perspective of the Western world mindset. And that's very normal, isn't it? I mean, this is where we live, this is where we've been brought up most likely, and we are part of a system that is designed in what is called the Western culture. Now the system that is designed, that we have been brought up in, and that we live in, is often defining winning from a perspective of power, success, and fame. That is kind of the definition of what it means to win in this life that we live in. Or we see it through the lens of achievement. I heard it said once recently that we are addicted to achievement as if someone who's addicted to drugs or alcohol. Winning has become that addiction part of who we are. It's what we're seeking in our lives. But it's also a system that we've been brought up in that tells us that you're winning if you have a lot of things, if you buy a lot of stuff. Like, for example, if your garage is full or maybe you have enough stuff that now you have to have a storage unit to store some of this stuff in, you realize that yeah i 'm really winning because that 's what the world tells me. It also tells us that we 're winning if we achieve like letters behind our name or a title in our in our in our workplace, a position of power there, or we get married or, or we go on nice vacations. One of the things that we 've not touched on over the course of this nine weeks when it comes to winning at life is we're even living in a time that's defined by being busy as winning at life. When you think about the hustle, when you think about the rush, we kind of connect winning with busyness because if you're busy, that must mean you're important. And we're trying to break some of that stuff down. Now, there's nothing wrong with these things in of themselves, right? Nice trips, letters behind your name, titles, things, seasons of being busy. In and of themselves, they're not bad. But what we're trying to do is understand that over the past nine weeks, we're actually trying to redefine what the finish line looks like and talk about it from God's perspective. See, winning from God's perspective is not necessarily the external realities of our lives, but it's being more shaped in relationship to Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we've been calling it the fruit of the Spirit, or I mean, we're just taking that from the Bible because that's what Paul calls it in Galatians 5, is the fruit of the Spirit, which is basically moving towards what we refer to as Christ-likeness. And the reason that is, is because Jesus demonstrated the nine qualities of the fruit of the Spirit when he lived on this earth. See, too oftentimes we prioritize winning through the lens of this world. And what we've been doing is saying, hey, there's a different lens in which you can see winning from, and it is in relationship to God through the person of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing the freedom to bear the fruit in our lives. See, it's so easy in our lives to be distracted at times by the world's idea. But what we've been finding is that there's great freedom and understanding Living according to Jesus. Because here's the thing I want you to know. Jesus came to give you life. He came to give you an abundant life. He talks about this in John chapter 10. He says, the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it in abundantly. In, in abund- have it abundantly. Stumbled over it. Abundantly. What's happening here? Well, Jesus is talking about in the section that he is the good shepherd and we are the sheep and that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. But sometimes we neglect to talk about the reality of the thief. The thief is, is not the image that you have in your mind. And when you think about the devil, some people think it's a, a red suit and horns and a pitchfork. But the reality is, is that the thief uses the system of the world to r- define what winning is to convince us that it is all about the external things. And we've been talking a lot about this, that the reality of the thief is going to fuel the dysfunction, dysfunctional desires and passions in our lives and convince us that those are the things that we need in our lives. So the disguising the message comes in the form of what the thief uses to distract us. Because what we must understand when I say the system in which we live in, which I mentioned earlier about defining winning, is actually still under the influence of the evil one. First John 519 says, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. I mean, when you think about that, I mean, that makes us a little bit uncomfortable because in some of us, we might think, well, hang on. Wasn't the evil one defeated? Yes, he was. and, And it's not until eternity when he loses his power. Uh, But we recognize that in this moment, the thief is disguising himself in these critical moments, robbing us of the abundance that Jesus is offering to us in winning according to God. I mean, think about busyness for a second. I mean, we're rushing right back to busy lives. When I think about that, when I think about the hustle, when I think about the rush, what I realize is that it leads us to a place of exhaustion. It leads us to a place of very little energy when it comes to faith disciplines. Time to slow down, to listen to God and to be present, to listen to the voice of Jesus. That all gets pushed aside because we're going so fast. We're not slowing down. I mean, think about the, the importance of community and relationship in the formation of faith. Many of us would look at our lives and go, my calendar's too full to have those kind of relationships. Why? Because the enemy is pushing us to go faster and faster and faster, and we miss out on the abundance that Jesus has for us. And so we have no space for faith or formation. The word abundance is this idea of life beyond the realm of normal. I want you to think about that phrase for just a moment: life beyond the realm of normal. It's the exceeding beyond the reality of what we see in our lives currently to a place where we understand that in Jesus as the source of our life and the work of the Spirit in our lives, we live into the abundance. It's the winning. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the nine virtues that begin to grow in our lives. I mean, think about the idea of life beyond the realm of normal when we've been talking about the last nine weeks all the pieces of this one fruit come to life in a supernatural way, beyond the realm of normal, when we are dependent upon the Spirit of God to form these things in us to bring about the abundance. Now, we we have been kind of journeying towards this moment, and this is a critical moment in our conversation of what it means to live in the uh, fruit roll-up life, if you want to call it that, or better put christ-likeness in our lives and winning it comes down to understanding this one piece of truth that has a few layers to it and it's this do you know who you belong to and what has happened to your desires and your passions this is where i i want to wrap up the series with us and it's found in verse 24 listen to what it says or you can read it on the screen And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Now, maybe you're new to our series today. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church in a long time. We've been talking about the flesh from a perspective of the natural passions and desires that are deformed by sin. And so we live in the tension of the space. So, um... We unpacked this last week where we talked about the desires that work against the spirit and the spirit works against the flesh and the flesh desires and spirit desires are at conflict within ourselves. There's, this is the place where the tension lies. And what we're recognizing here and what Paul is saying is that to truly win is to know who you belong to and what has actually happened to the, those disformed or deformed um passions and desires in our lives because of sin now i love the christian faith i love the message of the christian faith and it's something that i i I believe in with a deep conviction it's interesting when you look at the christian faith there's two words that describe the christian faith that comes out of one word well the two words are good news and the one word is gospel so we have the gospel which is the good news When we begin to understand the reality of this good news and the power of this good news, we recognize is what sets us apart from all other world religious systems. I want us to go here for just a moment because I believe it's an important part of our conversation of winning because we can sometimes misunderstand some of these things. When you begin to look at the good news of Jesus Christ, you begin to realize that it's set against all the other world religious systems in a very unique way. It sets itself apart. Let me give you two examples. Hinduism. Hinduism is a system of many gods, like millions of gods. And the afterlife is about being reincarnated to pay off your karmic debt. So it's based on your ability to pay your own debt and then ultimately become one with whatever the particular gods are. Islam in itself is another world religion, which we're familiar with, and it's confusing because we sometimes associate Allah uh, with the, the God that we worship and serve, and they're very different. Matter of fact, how we relate to Allah and God are completely different. They don't see Jesus as the son of God. They don't see him beyond that. They, they only see him as more of a prophet or a teacher. The afterlife, according to Islam, is, is it has a paradise and it has a place of punishment. But here's the thing. Salvation is based on weighing the good and bad you have done. So the basic understanding of these two examples and many other world religious systems is that it's based on how you pay for your own sin debt, which you know perfectly well is part of your life. It's about earning the favor of that particular God. And if you've earned enough, then maybe just maybe you'll be permitted into the eternal paradise or the oneness with the gods. Christianity would say you don't have to pay for your own sin. Like, you don't have to earn the favor of God. God stepped in on our behalf and took our place. This is why we call it the good news. Matter of fact, Jesus says, I am the only way back to God. Now, I know that even saying that, it rubs us the wrong way. Because some of us might say automatically, whoa, Ron, are you saying then that the Christian faith has the answer to life and winning through the person of Jesus Christ? Are you saying that other religions have actually missed the mark? I would say, well, yes, it is true that the Christian faith has the answer to the afterlife and has the answer to the life even now. But what we must understand, and sometimes we don't think about this, is that even the other world religious systems have their same core understanding that their religion is the answer And we get so wrapped up in, well, the Christian faith is a Christian faith that, but we must understand that the world system is under what? The influence of the evil one. And he would love to highlight the offensiveness of the Christian faith to diminish the truth of the Christian faith. See, I'm going here because we need to understand the reality of what it means to win according to God. See, when Paul says, Those who belong to Christ, he's saying those who by faith have trusted in Jesus Christ as the one who is the way back to God, is the one who can bring the transformational work in our lives by the Spirit of God. It means this, that when you belong to Christ, you're under new ownership. The word belong is placing the ownership of the relationship. Belonging means that God no longer, this is so amazing, no longer looks at us from a place of judgment and sin. He now looks at us through Christ. Christ, Belonging to Christ as if we have not sinned. See, the belonging aspect is the ownership. But then he also tells us in that same verse is that the reality of what has happened to our, Um, dysfunctional desires and passions. They're disordered, right? Well, Easter, I know it's a little bit ahead of things, but we're coming up to Christmas, but Easter, Easter is about talking about the cross and what happened to Jesus, right? We would celebrate and remember and reflect on Jesus being nailed to a cross and the crown of thorns on his head and his death, his burial, and his resurrection. What we recognize is that our sin payment was nailed to the cross. And the truth and the reality is, is that we were, our sins were nailed there as well with him. This is the beauty and the power of it. That it it didn't, it, it doesn't just happen back then. It continues to happen now that our passions and our desires are nailed to the cross. Faith says, faith, faith says, God, Jesus, I give you my flesh. I give you my desires in my passions that are disordered by sin and they're nailed to the cross look what paul wrote in romans chapter 6 he says this we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one for one who has died has been set free from sin See, being transformed in the belonging to Christ is a powerful reality that our sin has been taken care of. And that as our sin is taken care of, we find the freedom in our lives. We also discover a life beyond the realm of normal as it relates to the abundance in which Jesus offers to us. See, one of the things that we fail to understand is that When we are trying to win according to the world system, when we are pursuing those things, what we're really searching for is the thing that Jesus offers to us, and that is freedom. Freedom from our sin, freedom from our guilt, freedom from our shame, freedom from our grief, our brokenness. We're trying to find freedom. Freedom in our lives. It's why we do what we do. It's why we pursue things. It's why we buy things. It's why we try to find it in relationships and in unique experiences. We're all searching for freedom because of the reality of the brokenness of our lives. And what is so mind blowing is that the freedom that we've been talking about and winning in the last nine weeks comes through the person of Jesus Christ when we belong to him and our passions and our desires are nailed to the cross. So it's this idea of wrapping it all together, saying uh, it's a belonging and a a death to our our passions and our desires. Well, what does this mean for us then? What does it mean for us as we wrap up this last nine weeks in this fruit roll up Sunday? I should have had that person throw the box back on the screen for me, Um, but I'm not gonna do that because I'd probably drop it. Here's what I want us to understand. And it comes in the form of a question. You have to ask yourself, do you know who you belong to? Are you Christ's property? Because when you belong to Christ and you're his property, you belong to him. All that is his becomes yours. All of who he is becomes a reality for your life. Uh, Nikki Gumble, who is um, uh, he's one of the initiators of a, a Christian faith based uh, video series called Alpha, and he talks about this. He he kind of talks about the reality of us as a piece of paper, and he talks about in Christ and the Bible is Christ, and, and he puts the piece of paper in the Bible and then he closes the Bible up and he says. All that is in Christ has become ours. This is the power and the beauty and the wonder. Actually, in Galatians chapter 20, or Galatians 2.20, Paul writes this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I want you to think about this. Jesus was all in for you. I mean he legit gave everything for you, and Paul says, because of that reality, I no longer live for myself. it's no longer I live. it is Christ who lives in me. you know I was thinking about the World Cup and uh, it's on it's on right now when this and, and I, I got thinking about it from this perspective there are sometimes we treat our walk with Jesus or our faith in Jesus or our faith in general, like choosing a World Cup team, right? I think I like them. You know, I kind of like that country. I've, I have visited it on vacation or I kind of like their jerseys. You know, they look really cool or I kind of like what they stand for. The commitment is very low. I, um, there's only a few games, only a few matches. And if they lose enough, then they're not even going to be moving on. It's just not going to have much impact on me. But Paul says, When you belong to Christ, it's no longer I live. It's Christ who lives in me. This means that when we belong to him, that we literally take every part of who we are and we surrender it to the authority of Jesus Christ. I take my marriage, my relationship with my kids, my work, um, uh, my money, uh, sexuality, my my dreams, my desires, all of it. Even the even the longing to do what makes you happy or live your best life. It is all placed in front of Jesus, and we say, "Jesus, you're all in for me. I'm giving you all of what I have." There's this great parable in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus is trying to describe the kingdom of heaven. He would do this every once in a while to try to capture the imagination of people. He said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered it up. Look what Jesus says. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I mean, the treasure that he found was like the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure. He didn't care what his life was before finding that treasure. It was nothing to him. He got rid of it with great joy. He said, I'm no longer going to live for those things. I'm now going to live for this thing called the treasure, the kingdom of heaven. We must ask ourselves, as we wrap this series up, a very important question. Are you under new ownership? Do you belong to Christ? Is your sin nailed to the cross? Your old sinful life, is it nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ? That is an important question that we have to ask ourselves. Even as we consider the last nine weeks and the nine pieces of, of the fruit of the Spirit, we have to ask ourselves, is this true for me? The second thing that is absolutely essential for us And this journey of understanding what it means to win is this, that we all still live in a broken world. We all still have parts of us that are broken and under renovation. And so this means that in order to win, it is a daily battle of of surrendering our lives to the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul even says this, he says, and the life I now live in the flesh, he's saying, I'm still in this reality. I live by faith in the son of God. See, when we think about winning, it's about dying to self in order to win that our position in Christ is secure, that our position in Christ is, is, the, is through, uh, our, our position before God is in Christ and, and that can't be taken from us. But the practicality of the expression of the faith is found in the daily process of it being worked out in our lives. It's like the, the person who finds an old antique car And it's rusty and it's broken down and it doesn't work. And they purchase it. They own it. And then they go in the process of renewing that antique car. And in a few years, what happens? They present this unbelievable thing. See, in our flesh, we still have the pull. This is the tension. This is the, this is the reality of what it means to walk in relationship to Jesus Christ. It is the tension. It's the, but what was beautiful about it is the more we learn to surrender, the less pull we have in the flesh and the sin part of who we are. Winning at life is understanding who you belong to and then also the reality of the process of the spirit of God. It's about being transformed into the fruit of the Spirit. When you think about the fruit roll up box that was pitched to me just a few moments ago, and who knows, maybe it'll come flying through the air again. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Some of you are le- now leaning on the edge of your seats. Is it going to happen or not? But you must consider this the pieces of this fruit roll up are individual colors, they are distinct, but yet are together. As we bring winning to life to a close, we recognize that the fruit of the spirit is not about accomplishing one. I got love nailed down. Uh, you know, I, I got self-control figured out. No, it is a blending uh, together in a sense of understanding the reality of the forming work of the spirit in all aspects of the development in the process of being transformed. Now, for some of us, I know today, this is all like brand new for you, right? Some of you are like, like, dude, I, I, I didn't even know there's possibility to have a fruit roll-ups at church. But here's the thing. It starts with a simple prayer. And the simple prayer is this. Jesus, today, by faith, I trust in you. Like, how awesome is that? Like, the truth that we talk about, about who Christ is, as the way, the truth, and the life, it is so beautiful to recognize that he's given it to us. And you'll have many more conversations after this. But today is the day for some of you. But for others of you, oh, wow. For others of you, there's a renewal happening inside of you because the goodness of God has invaded your life. And you're like, over the past like nine weeks, and you're like, man, I didn't realize that I was distracted by building my own kingdom. I was distracted by the definition of winning according to the world standards. And you, today you're gonna come back and you're gonna go, like, Jesus, I confess that I have been building my own kingdom and I've neglected to see you and what you did for me. I want to sit and absorb the goodness of who you are. You gave everything for me. And I, 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 this, this treasure in the field moment is the recognition of aligning and realigning your life with his. This is how good God is. We see, he sees our mess. He sees our sin. He sees, you know, at times when we mess up and we stumble and we fall and we get off track and get distracted. But guess what? He loves us and his grace and his mercy is extended to us even when we get our priorities out of line because God is so good. His mercies, they endure forever. As we bring this series to a close, I hope and pray that you have heard and seen and experienced a new way of winning at life. That is not all about the external realities. And even though it's part of our lives and all that, but it's more about the internal work of the spirit of God, bringing about the fruit of the spirit and his goodness in our lives. May you be a person, may we be a church that is formed by faith and the goodness of God by the power of the Holy Spirit bringing about the fruit of the Spirit and who knows, to experience the goodness of a fruit roll up in our lives.